Hello, hello, hello. Can you guys hear me? How's everybody doing today? Good. All right. Let's pray. Mighty King of glory, come for your presence, Father, to honor you, God. As we sang today, God, that you make this a holy ground, Jesus. The Father, your presence is here, O King of glory, God, and we come to meet you, Lord. We thank you, Father, because the curtain is torn, Father. We don't have to do ceremonial things or have somebody else come before you, Father, on our behalf, Lord. But we ourselves, God, we can come before you, Lord. We can come before you, Father, and ask you, Jehovah God, the things that we have in our hearts, O God. And we lay our burdens at the throne, O King of glory, Father. And you're telling us, Lord, that as we draw near to you, God, that you draw near to us, O God. And that's a guarantee, O King of glory, Father. And so, Father, you are here to draw near to you tonight, O God. We come from different places, different things, O God. And I pray, Lord, that you may meet us exactly where we need to be met, O King of glory, God. Separate the truth from the lies in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, speak to us, O King of glory, God. Speak to us, O God. Change something, prune something, or affirm something in us, O God. Do what only you can do, O King of glory, God. I pray, Father, that you may move me out of the way completely, O God, so that you may speak to your people, O King of glory, Father. Lord, we praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So today, we are continuing with the book of Acts. And if you guys have been coming to uh, Wednesday service, Acts has been amazing, right? God has been speaking through Acts in a mighty, mighty way. And like uh, I think it's, uh, Pastor Steve said that we are building up, so much more is about to come. So don't, don't miss any Wednesday. Keep coming, okay? Okay, two people. Don't miss Wednesday. Keep coming, right? Okay, perfect. Well, maybe after this, someone. Anyways, um, so today we're going to talk about exposed. That's what I titled my message. And before I get into the message, when you listen to this message, the first inclination in us, because that's what I did when I was preparing the message, is think about somebody else, right? The next inclination was look at the characters in the Bible and say, man, that was really bad that they did that. <laughs> or look at something, somebody else who's doing that. I'm like, yeah, that should for, be for you. But as God walked through this message through me, and I know he's going to do the same th- thing through you, he wants to speak to you. I want you to put yourself in that 3D mode where you're just in the movie as the other guys, right? And just get in there and listen to what God is speaking to you. Because I believe that if we take a moment today and listen to what God is saying, lives will be changed. Amen. So let's, let's get into it. Acts 15, 36, 41 says, Then after some days, Paul and Barnab- say to Barnabas, Let us go back to visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord. And see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined. Can you guys say de- determined? determined. To, take, to take with him John, John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia. And had, gone, uh, had not gone with them to work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed, uh, and departed, being commended by their brethren uh, to the grace of God. And he went to Syria and Sicily, strengthening the church. The, uh, strengthening the church. So if we do a little recap, is Paul and Barnabas have been going to all these cities. They have been preaching the word of God. People have been changed. They are planting this. Uh, this they are planting. They are planting uh, churches. People are getting saved, and 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 they are leaving those people to minister to other people. Paul and Barnabas have been doing this together for a long time. 
Paul says, let's go. Barnabas just follows. Barnabas witnessed Paul getting stoned to death, right? He, he witnessed them being threatened. Everything they did together was Barnabas. But then it gets to a point where Paul says, come. He comes up with a plan and says, hey, I know we've been threatened and we've done all these things. And we've seen that in the last times we've, we've, read, we've done the book of Acts. They decide that they want to go back and strengthen the brothers. They have done that a couple of times. But in this point here, there is something different. So Barnabas was determined. The Bible says Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. So they, Paul, as always, Barnabas, let's go. So, okay. But this time, Barnabas is like, can we bring Mark with us? With us? But, Barnabas, but Paul, wait, computer died. Okay. Barnabas was, Barnabas was determined. But Paul insisted that they don't take with him. So I was looking at that and it says Barnabas was determined. When you look at the word determined, it says having made a firm decision of, and being resolved not to change it. So Barnabas, it wasn't like, hey, let's go. I know the Bible just says, like, let's, let's, go, let's take Mark with us. And Paul says, no, let's not. But the thing is, from the point that they were, he was determined, is because they started arguing about whether he should go or he should not. And at this point, Barnabas says, I'm determined. I'm not going to change my mind. I'm just going to say I'm going with him. It does not matter what's, what's going on. We have to take him. And then Paul insisted. And if you look at the definition of insisted, demanded something forceful, uh, not accepting something. So he says, well, you're saying that we have to take him. I refuse because I am Paul. Right? I'm the guy who got stoned, right? Yeah. So if I say we are not taking him, we are not taking him, right? And then there was a contention. That's a contention is a heated argument. I didn't know that one. I checked it out. Thank you, the dictionary. So it's a heated argument, a disagreement. And so now they're having a very, very heated disagreement on whether to go, not to go and do the work of God, but who they need to take. And so they are checking. We are checking the roots and seeing what is this? What is, what is, what is causing all this? And then the worst thing happened. They parted and they went different ways. Take a moment to think about that. Barnabas and Paul did not separate or go different ways when they were being threatened that they're going to be killed by people. They didn't go different ways when they were told that when Paul was stoned to death. They didn't go different ways. They didn't go different ways when they had to go back and still be threatened. But when then, when it came to a point where they had to make a personal decision of whether to bring somebody who had already done something wrong, which means when they got to a point where there had to be forgiveness, something that was personal, something that wasn't about bringing the, uh, the word of God, this was bringing somebody, there was division that came in. Paul is saying to John Mark, you deserted us. You did not go with us. Why didn't you go with us? I'm not going to take him because he's a deserter. But Barnabas is saying, you know what? Let's extend grace to him, the same grace that you, Paul, have been extended to when you changed your name from Saul to Paul. Right? And remember, I want to bring this back to you. Let's not, yes, we are looking at Paul, but let's think about ourselves in that situation. You are doing amazing things for Christ. You are doing all these great things for Christ because that's something that we are doing towards God. But what are we doing to each other? 
Are we giving them the same grace? Because if I look at Saul, if I look at Paul, when he was changed from Paul, that was grace, 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 grace. Yeah. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Man, he killed Christian, right? right? But yet at this point, we are looking at him and we are saying, oh, Mark, you deserted us. Okay, let's go. Cloudy, that's really good, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's saying, hey, if he killed Christian and he was forgiven, but when it comes to a point where he deserted, then I'm not going to take him with him. I'm not going to go with him. I wonder if there's a place in our heart where when it comes to the things of God, we are quick to do those things, but when it comes to brothers and sisters, we assume that that's a different section, and we just put that on the side. Please hold. <laughs> Acts 9, 26 says, And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him into the apostles, and he declares to them that he had seen God on the road, and he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Right there tells you, Barnabas took, took Paul in when nobody was listening to him. But then we, he continued to do the work of God. And at some point, that moved a little bit away from his mind, and he kind of forgot where he had been. He's still doing the work of God. That's the dangerous part, and I want you to get this. He's doing amazing things. He's planting seeds. He's planting church. People are being saved, all these things. But yet, inside his heart, there's something. There's something that makes him forget the grace that he's been given by God. See, it's easy to receive grace, to think that we got it all together, to come to a place where life throws us a test. What happens when we are put into a test? What happens when you're in a place where something comes in and even though you thought you were running in the right way, you get to a point and you get tested and you're exposed? What happens in our life? See, it's easy to point fingers at Paul, but I wonder when testing comes into our life and we are exposed, what is seen in us? What is seen in us when we get to a point where it looks good on the outside and it looks like we are doing amazing things. We are doing amazing things for God to our neighbors and all that stuff. But then deep inside, because we hadn't allowed God to really search our hearts, when we expose, something comes up. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of God's glory. You say that. Uh, Amanda said that when she was uh, praying. See, if Paul, who wrote the Bible could fall into sin, could, be, could walk in the flesh. What about us? Yeah. Psalms 139, 23, 24 says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there, if there is any wicked way in me and lead me to everlasting, in the way everlasting. See, it's easy for us to be doing great things for God. Yet our intentions about our relationships, can relationship with each other, relationship with the people that are around us, can fade away. But it's the moment that we allow God to search our heart deep inside. And the, I, like, I love what, what it says. It says, try me and know my anxieties. 
Because when we have anxiety, is that something that has already happened or something that we are thinking that is going to happen? For most part, it's something that's going to happen. You think is going to happen. So you're telling God that, Lord, please search my heart and tell me about those seeds that are being planted in me right now that are going to cause any division, that are going to bring anything that is not of Christ. Search my heart right now. Are we doing that? Are we taking the time to ask God to search our heart so when we get tested, when we get exposed, that it's only Christ that is found in us? See, it's easy for us to push our own desires and to bring division. Because it's, it's, it doesn't come just like division doesn't stand up and say, hello, I am division. I'm going to divide you guys. Right? When it comes to your marriage, division doesn't come say, I'm going to divide your marriage. You guys are going to sleep not happy with each other today, right? It doesn't come and say, oh, I'm going to separate the church or I'm going to do this and that. Division comes in slowly because we take our own intentions and we start pushing them slowly by slowly and our desires become that. So we have to allow Christ to come in our hearts and search our hearts, our intentions, our thoughts. Those things in us that haven't even, haven't even started to bloom so that he can tell us before. He can pluck those out before they even become a plant. Galatians 5.9 says, A little leaven, a slight inclination to error, a few false teaching leavens the whole lamp. See, it's different when we are attacking a common enemy. It's different when we are attacking a common enemy. It's different when we talk about the enemy. We talk about the devil. Everybody here want to attack the devil, right? It's, okay, maybe this side only. Everybody wants to attack the enemy, right? Or at least hold your ground, right? It's easy for us to, be, to meet with each, each other and say, man, the enemy is doing, let's pray for this. Let's pray for that. Let's pray so that you can, be, you can overcome that. But what comes when it talks about our relationship with each other? What, are, what, what happens when we allow those little things to separate us, yet we want to deal with these big things in our life, but we forget what Christ is telling us, that we need to be such in our heart, so then he can reveal those things in, in us. Amen. We have to learn very quickly to, de- to identify those things that make us walk away from God, those things that interfere with God's plan. That's lead us from God using us. Because the thing is, God is, God is willing to use each and every one of you guys. But he's not going to use a dirty vessel. He's not. Let me say that again. God wants to use each and every one of you. Look at your partner. Tell them God wants to use you. God wants to use you. God wants to use you, but he's not going to use a dirty vessel. But he's not saying, come to me where you're clean. What he's saying is, bring your heart, open your heart to me, and let me clean it, and then you can be usable. The question for you today is, are you ready to be tested? Because we are saying, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, the heart is is deceitful above all things. A uh, a desperately wicked, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his way, according to the fruits of his doing. See, God is testing you regardless. God is testing you, right? And you know what? At some point in your life, you're going to be tested. 
at some time in your life, you're going to be exposed. The question is, are you ready to be tested? Are you walking in a way that tells God, Lord, search my heart. Test me today so then when a time comes in when you really need to use me or you really need to do something in my life that you can find me worthy to be able to be used. Or are we just walking around not allowing God to test in our hearts and then God come knocking and says, I want somebody to use, but he can't find somebody to use. Are we allowing God to prepare our hearts so then when testing comes, then we can be found? John 1, 2, 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So count it all joy. Yay, I'm being tested. Right? <laughs> right? So, knowing that testing of your faith produces joy, produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and completely lacking nothing. 1 Corinthians 3, 10, 15, it says, According to the grace of God, which has uh, given to me, as a wise master build, I have laid the foundation, and another, bu- another builds on it. But let each of you take heed how he builds on it. For no, for no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if anyone builds the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each, work, each one's work will become clear, for the, day will de- for the day will declare it, because it will be reviewed by fire, and the fire will test each, other, each one's work, and what, what sort of it. If, anyone works, if anyone, anyone's work which has been built is... uh, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer losses, but he himself will be saved, yet not so through through the fire. So God is, in this Bible verse, is saying that God has given us, you have the tools to use. Some of you, the foundation, well, not some of you, but the foundation has been laid by Jesus, has been laid, is Jesus Christ. And then we build on that. The question is, are you building with stone? Are you building with wood? Are you building with silver? Are you building with hay? Because guess what? At some point, I don't know whether it's going to, at some point God is going to test you. He's going to put those things and there will be a fire and then it's going to be burnt. What is going to stay? What's going to stay? So my, my theory is, God, test me now. Right? Test me now. Don't wait until I go before you after everything is done and I'm bringing my works before you and then they are burnt and wood is gone, straw is gone and I realize that's what I've been building my life on. Isn't it better for us to be tested right now and tell God, test us each and every single day so then you can review those things in my heart where I thought I was building with gold and silver but then I realized that it was hay and wood. Don't you think that's a better position to be than waiting until the last minute? See, I want to be tested right now so then I don't lose when, the battle, when I'm on the battlefield. Yet when we have been tested in life, we want to run away and we, wanna be, we want to go into comfort. See, unless we are tested, we can never be fully exposed. Unless we are tested. And that's the thing, with the mentality with, uh, with most of us, no, you guys, you guys are holy. But most of us is, we run away from pain. We run away from being tested. We don't want to, we want comfort. We want everything to be perfect in its own way. 
If I don't get tested, I cannot be exposed. And if I cannot be exposed, I cannot find out those dead things in my life that needs pruning, that needs to be taken out. I can't know those things that God is like, man, that is a bad seed. That's a bad potato that is going to ruin the rest of the bag. So unless I allow God to test me, then I'm going to come before God when my life's over and I'm going to lay everything and he's going to be like, well, there's no reward for you, Kevin. You preach, you talk to people. You ministered, you did all these amazing things from the human perspective. But if you only had allowed me to test you and train you and help you, then we'll be talking about gold and silver. But right now, we are talking about straws and we are talking about wood. Unless we are tested, we can never be fully exposed. And when you talk about exposed, to be exposed is to reveal the true nature of someone or something. Reveal those things in us that we do not see. Because all have seen and come short of God's glory, right? We have all sinned. And if you think right now that that's for somebody else, that somebody else needs to be tested, or it's Paul that needed to be tested, I'm sorry you are wrong. Because we have all seen and come short of God's glory. This is an everyday prayer. God, test me. Search my heart. Reveal those things in me, Lord, that are wicked, Lord. And God, when you're checking that, can you please tell me where I'm doing good so then I can continue doing good too? Uh, I don't know. uh, Some of you do know that we just came from a, a race. It's called the Spartan race. It's death race. That's what I call it. <laughs> so if you don't know about the Spartan race, is uh, we went to Montana with some of you, some of my brothers, and uh, as we went up there, we do 13 miles and um, 31 obstacles. It is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Mentally, physically, it just drains you. Okay, and and so. We are going in Montana, and the elevation is about 4,000 4, feet up there. And if I exaggerate, it's how I felt. This is no actual numbers, okay? <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm just, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, my goodness, that's 4,000. Yeah. So we would go like 2,000 and go up, do a bunch of obstacles, and go up and come down and go and do that. Crazy people do that. Please don't do it if you don't want to be crazy. <laughs> but what, I have a love-hate relationship for this pattern. I really do. I did it last year, and then I, I got coerced by some people, and they held me down and made me sign a piece of paper. <laughs> That's not true. I, I voluntarily did it. And so as we went this time, I already knew what the testing was going to be like. It was hard last time. Uh, it was hard. I, I, it was just hard. I, I can't even explain how hard it was. I can't explain how hard it was. <laughs> right? So, but... I had an idea of what last year I had, right? So I went in, I got ready, I was running, and I'm like, man, I'm in good shape about upper body strength. I've been doing pull-up and push-ups and doing weights and stuff like that. I've been running more than I'm running. I'm Kenyan, but that's a whole new story. I don't run as good as they do. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be running for a living. Anyway, so, so, I be, so I'm running, and then mile six comes in, and my knees go just shut. So... I have prepared, like last time I, I, I talked about how my, my, my legs cramped and I, I took mustard. There's a message about that, which is amazing. And, and this time around, I didn't have any cramps, but what happened is my knees just shut. They just stopped. And probably maybe uh, Gary and I were, were running and screaming, like, God, oh, we're going to do this. I think we can do it. We're going to finish. We have to finish. <laughs> and and as, we, as we went, a lot of things started going in my mind. I'm like, okay, how many times did I spend running? 
there's a hill by my house. I'm like, how many times did I run that hill? I was like, wait a minute, how many times did I run on the treadmill? How many, man, Eva got me doing leg walks. Was that enough, you know? And, and I kept testing all these things. But the point was, no matter what, I, I had not really prepared myself. And even though in my mind I felt that I was ready because I had done very well. Last time my legs did not cramp until I was like mile 11. But mile 6 now I stop. And I'm like, what, what really happened? But this is why I have a love-hate relationship with this race. It's because when I was tested, it exposed my weakness. It exposed my weakness. It exposed my training. It exposed my endurance. It exposed my age, right? (laughs) (laughs) It exposed a lot of things that I did not know. But if I had just started with the mentality of I had run last year, I had done well last year, I have been a Christian for this long, I've been doing well, I, I, I have read the Bible this much, God, I've been doing this for the last however long, I would never known where I am. But it's through the testing that I'm told, hey, listen, there are some things that you need to work on. Even though you thought that your knees were strong, even though you thought that you had endurance, now is the time to check again because maybe there is something you should have done different. I wonder if in our lives where we think that we are doing well, because Paul is doing really good. He's doing churches. He's planning churches. He's doing all these amazing things, right? But guess what? In there, there's somewhere where his knees are not right. I wonder if we can allow ourselves to look at it and say, hey, you know what? I know that I've been good. I know that I'm a Christian. I know that I've been amazing. But you know what? God, test me. Show me my weakness today. Show me where I need to fix. Because you know what? My wife is not going to allow me to do another race. But if, she, if it happens, I know what I need to work on. Because I have been tested and that has been exposed. My question today is, are you ready to be tested? See, the sad part with this is, in this race, this was just a regular race. What if this was a race for your life? And you get to a point where you are walking and you are close to getting to God. And it's time. But then it gets to a point and your knees shut. Because you did not allow God to test you. How would that feel? I'm already sore from all those things. My heart is like, man, I wish I'd have done better. But what if I didn't have another chance? What would that look like? See, Paul was a great man. A man that had had been given new life, forgiven and much more. Yet, when he had a choice to offer a second chance, his heart still needed to work, some work in him, to fully understand the grace. Sometimes, when we are exposed, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Again, Psalms 139, 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxiety, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in every way everlasting. This should be a daily prayer. And I know that when I talk about testing, we get two kind of people. We get those people that refuse to acknowledge their weaknesses and blame it on somebody else or something. I could have said, man, that Montana race was so hard. They added more obstacles. The weight was heavier. I mean, the shoes were not right, right? <laughs> I could have said that, right? But what does it come down to? It doesn't matter what I was wearing. It doesn't matter what happened. If I had been training right, if I had done my work, then I should have been okay. 
So are we going to look and say, God, test me today? And you're like, ah, Lord, that's because of ABCD. Or are we going to embrace and say, yes, Lord, this is what I need help with today? See, I think the reason why we don't allow ourselves to be tested is because there is fear in us. Because the fear is the biggest thief of, of, of the things of God. Because when, when, we, when we allow ourselves to be tested, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. That's a word you don't hear nowadays. We want to build fences around ourselves. We want to build things that put everybody just at arm length. But when you allow ourselves to be vulnerable... That's when God comes in and then he's able to test us. See, when I, th- when, you, when I think about vulnerability, I think about vulnerability not just towards you and you, uh, uh, each other, but I think vulnerability towards God. Yeah. You know, this week I was talking about how being vulnerable to God is such an amazing thing. And I'm not talking about, God, I need this. God, I need this. God, I feel this. It's getting to a point where you go before God and tell God, okay, God, listen, I know you love me and you care for me. I know, God, that you say you order my step because God orders our step. Lord, I'm in this place where if I woke up this morning and ask you to order my step, God, you brought me to this place and I'm sitting here and I do not like where I'm at right now, God. I don't like where I'm at, but God, you are supreme over all. But I'm telling you that my heart doesn't feel that I need to be here, Lord. I, 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 I don't like it. It's, it's just really bad. And, 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 and I'm fearful and all these things. And you're vulnerable to God. He already knows. I'm not saying argue with God and tell him that he's not supposed to take you there because you already allowed God to, be, to take you because you say it's God, God orders my steps, right? But when you get to that point, are you vulnerable and telling God really what you think? God, I love my spouse so much. But I don't like how he talks to me. I don't like how he, he, he or she does this, God. God, my kids, they are, they are this and this, Lord. Can you please help me to be able to get to this point? Because I think sometimes we come before God and we lay all these things that we want God to do for us. We, we praise him and we worship him. But we are not vulnerable to him. How is he going to really help you if you cannot be vulnerable to him? If, you, if let's say you, you, needed to, you needed a ride because your car broke down and you didn't have money to fix it, how am I going to know that you need a ride unless you come and tell me, hey, Mogi, can you give me a ride because my car broke down and I don't have money to fix it? And the reason maybe you want to say because I don't have money to fix it is because maybe God has blessed me to be able to help you fix your car. But the same attitude we come before God and we are like, God, I need you to help me give me a ride. Why do you want me to give you a ride? And we just leave it at that. I just need you to give me a ride. Because unless we are vulnerable, then we cannot allow God to test us. Because even the things that we are allowing, the minute God is like, okay, I need you to put, I want to put you in this pattern race. We are like, no, no, no. I just want to run two miles, God. I cannot do that in miles. But if we are vulnerable and we are telling God the things that he needs to break out of us, he can be, let me tell you something, when you're on mile three, you are okay. When you're on mile four, you're getting a little weak. Mile five, you are weak. And you guess what? When you are weak, then I'm strong. How can we allow God to work in us if we are not vulnerable? And I know some of us need to be vulnerable to each other, spouse to spouse or friends to friend, but it's going to start with God. It has to start with God. Second Timothy four eleven says, "Only Luke, only Luke is uh, so." Uh, before I read Second Timothy, 
we look at Paul and we see that Paul was changed. He realized that Mark was important. The Bible doesn't tell us what happened or maybe I missed it, but the Bible doesn't tell us how that relationship was, was reconciled. But in Luke 2, 44, 11 says, only look with me, get Mark and bring him with you for he is useful to me for ministry. That's a man who allowed God to test him. That's a man who realized that even though they went different ways, at some point he reconciled because he allowed God to work in him. Yeah, and I'm speaking to somebody today who maybe had a, had a relationship that, that was severed because of A, B, C, D. And then you just want to walk away and go separate way. Our God is calling us to be like Paul and bring those people in our life. Reconcile. Every Sunday when we take in tithe, we are saying, if you have any strained relationship, bring it together. Because if we have to allow God to test us, guess what? He's going to go into those relationships and start speaking to you right now. You know, as I say that, there's somebody in your mind, and God is speaking to you and saying, I need to test you on this. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But guess what? For the plans I have for you are plans to prosper you, to give you a good future and a life. That's what God is telling us today. See, this evening, you can identify as one of these gentlemen, or all of them. You can identify as Paul, doing great things for the kingdom, but need a heart check every day to make sure that we are in the right path. That when we are exposed, Christ and only Christ is seen in us. Because you think about it. You know, I was thinking a little bit about about Mark, and I was like, I'm not going to talk about Mark because we don't have time, but... Mark has been denied by Paul. That will crush people. Maybe they'll walk away from ministry for the rest of their life. But he thinks about the kingdom. And he allows him to be able to come back to a point where they are reconciled with, with Paul. Right? Maybe you are like Barnabas. Which, by the way, uh, Barnabas means uh, son of encouragement. That you see the best in everybody. That you put the kingdom of God above all your desires and wants. This guide followed Paul everywhere he goes. And they didn't, they didn't argue until it was somebody else's heart, somebody else's life that mattered to him. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to continue doing that. Maybe you are like Mark. You have been a deserter. You've deserted your, you have deserted your responsibility. You've walked away from your responsibility. And it feels like nobody wants you. But today, God is saying, if you are willing to acknowledge he who was vulnerable to the point of death, you too can be valuable in his kingdom. Let me say that one more time. He's saying, if you acknowledge he who was vulnerable to the point of death, you too can be very variable to his kingdom. Yeah, Mark deserted. When probably Paul was, was, was justified, he, maybe he think maybe I should have not been stoned. Maybe if Mark was there, he could have helped in the ministry. But at the end of it, Mark didn't stay who he was. He allowed God to work through him. And now he is valuable in the kingdom. There's a commentator, and I don't remember who he talked about. He says, uh, on the search me, O Lord, and know my heart. He says, David is not, a com- is, uh, is not accomplice to traitors. He has disowned them in set form, and now he appeals to God that he does not harbor a trace of fellowship with them. He will have God himself search him and search him thoroughly till every point of him is being known and read and understood. 
For he is sure that even by such an investigation, there will be found in him no complicity with wicked men. He challenges a full investigation, the innermost such. He has need to be a true man who can be put in a situation of severe trial in which different elements interact, leading to a creation of something new. Yet we may each of us desire such a searching, for it will be a terrible calamity for us to sin, for sin to remain in our heart unknown and undiscovered. Yeah. Yeah. Think about this. It says, yet we may each one of us desire, for it will be a terrible calamity for sin to, be, for sin to remain in our hearts unknown and, 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 and undiscovered. Do you get that part? That sin can remain in our hearts unknown and undiscovered. What a tragedy. When we spend our Wednesdays here, instead of doing other things that may be fun more than coming to church, right? Sin is, sin is beautiful. Let's all agree that, right? When we, come to, when, we come to, when we come to Sunday, when we serve all those things, yet we get to a point where we realize that sin remains in our heart unknown and undiscovered. Search my heart, Lord. Reveal those things that I need so then I can walk with you. Let's all stand up. We're going to end with a song. And as we end a song, with a song, I want you to allow God to speak in your heart. The altar is open. Come and, come, and, come and tell God where you are. Allow him to search your heart. Allow him to come and speak deep in your heart. Be vulnerable before God. If you cannot be vulnerable here, what else can you be? Lord Jesus, I praise you today, God. I, I honor you, God, for your word today, Lord. God, you're calling your people, Father, to be vulnerable before you, Lord. So you can search their hearts, O oh God. So you can reveal those things, Father, that needs to be plucked out. Those things, Jehovah God, that needs to be pruned, O oh King of glory, God. And even more so, Father, those things, Father, that needs to grow more, Lord, in them. So then they can bear the right fruits, O oh King of glory, God. So, Father, as we worship this last song, O oh God, I pray, God, that you move in people's heart tonight, O oh God. That Jehovah God, they will be vulnerable before you, King of glory, God. That they will expose themselves, O oh God, before you, Lord. So, Lord, you can hear them and, and you can walk in their hearts, oh God. We praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name. Jesus is in the room here right now here right now making this place a stand holy ground holy
That's what you desire for us, Lord. So, Lord, let us be reconciled to one another. Let us allow our hearts to be tested and tried every day before you, Lord God, so that when we come to those points of testing, that we won't find that we've built with wood and with straw, but we've built with precious gold. Thank you, Jesus. Apply that to our lives. We praise you because you are holy, 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 Lord. Be with us as we go. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.